one thing that I ask people is if there's anything that you can create yourself or any value that you can demonstrate as early on into the relationship, being prepared to, to kind of answer those kinds of questions, like what's something new or different, you know, an idea that you have that you can implement here yeah. is something to be kind of prepared for. Nobody has it all figured out. We're in an unprecedented time right now. So you just need to do what's best for you at this time. Whatever that means, go with your gut and do what's best for you. And I think new doors and new opportunities will come your way if you're just kind of stay true to yourself, I think. Hi there. You're listening to Top of the Pile. I'm Karen Elders, your host. This is episode number one. So excited to have you here with me. Okay. Hello, Top of the Pile listeners. Uh, Today, my guest is Chris Russo, who is a 2019 graduate of Boston College, my alma mater. Go Eagles. Go Eagles. (laughs) Um, Chris and I connected last summer. He reached out to me on LinkedIn to connect. And I think he mentioned being a BC grad. And I always accept those connections. And I've had the fortune through my career to, you know, have other BC grads accept my reach outs. And so I always love to pay that back. And I think to all the young professionals listening, um, you know, use your alumni network. It is, they love to hear from you, reach out, they want to help. So, um, and then, you know, remember those coming up the ranks behind you. So I connected with Chris and he had just founded the Boston College Media Alumni Network. Uh, which is a platform to connect BC alums in the media and communications fields. It didn't exist, Uh, has had huge success, super strong following across the network's social media presence. Um, He's put together these incredible virtual networking events during COVID and, you know, hosted these webinars that have had big names from Boston College alums. So Clinton Kelly, TV personality, style expert from my show I love, TLC, What Not to Wear. Um, Leslie Visser, I think everyone knows her as just an incredible sportscaster, highly acclaimed. Marvin Chow, VP Global Marketing at Google. Andrea Klein-Thomas, uh, Emmy Award winning journalist for CBS New York. And the list goes on. So as a fellow BC grad, it's very impressive to see the, the list that you've um, put together of people that you've been able to have these conversations with. So Safe to say, Chris is mastered networking, um, and I think you have more connections on your LinkedIn, by the way, than like seasoned professionals. So, very impressive. Um, theme of this podcast is to talk and learn about all things career for twenty-somethings. So, as the name says, we explore how people got their resume to that top of the pile, but behind the resume is a real person and real experiences. And I think that's what people like to hear about. So Chris, you are a communications, double major, communications and marketing at Boston College. I think one thing that's always interesting to start with is, you know, a little bit about your academic experience and maybe about your internships and sort of the experiences you had while you were an undergrad. Sure. Yeah, there's a lot I could say about that. Um, First off, I want to say that uh, I loved my Boston College experience. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Uh, I I had such a great experience there, made such great friends, had such great professors and and thought-provoking classes. And I think I really received, you know, such a world-class education there. And I I love connecting with fellow Eagles who who can say the same. My academic experience, so as you had mentioned, I got a degree in marketing through the business school and then a degree in communications through the School of Arts and Sciences. So I had this really interesting 
background in which I kind of had a foot in both schools and got to observe how different people move through their job and internship search in the business school versus the school of arts and sciences. And I think I think this happens naturally in a lot of places when you're in a business school. There just happens to be a lot more resources for you and or it's at least more of a structured process where there's a recruiting season, recruiting season, you have companies coming to campus to recruit you to work in accounting and finance. When you're like me, when you're a media kid, those companies aren't really coming to you, at least not at Boston College. Um, and so the process is a little bit harder. Uh, my first uh, ever internship was at Samantha B, Full Frontal with Samantha B, the late night uh, Emmy winning talk show, cool. uh, which was awesome. And that uh, internship I received the summer of my sophomore year uh, when not everybody has an internship or not everybody has a, has a full-time thing. My thing was two days a week I worked there and then I scooped ice cream the other days. And that was like the perfect balance for me. I loved having kind of still having my summer as a 19 year old and then being able to have that hands-on experience. Um, after that, the internship the next summer I had was at CBS News uh, in New York and I worked for CBS and Originals, which is their documentary unit. And I got to work with a really small team of three producers to produce uh, documentaries featuring you know topics like immigration, North Korea, cryptocurrency, really interesting topics and got to have a deep dive into those. And then, um, after that, I graduated. I, I took a job in TV production, which uh, wasn't the best fit for me. I kind of moved out of that into, into some other things, and we can get more specific about that later. But that's kind of the high level of those were the experiences that I had that kind of helped complement my education at BC. It's great. It's such a great experience and such a good foundation. You, you, you have that ability. As you said, business sometimes does take people in a narrow path as far as their, their real full development, where the liberal arts can also support being able to write and think creatively and it's a great combination but i do hear that a lot that sometimes unless your school is a real big time communications focused school that maybe the recruiting piece doesn't happen as as clearly uh or as as directly from the companies as it does in, in the financial services type of field so a lot of self-teaching and self-reliance absolutely and what prompted you to start Boston College Media Alumni Network? I mean, where did that kind of germinate from? Really, the gen genesis of it was that, um, you know, I wanted to connect with alumni in the field. And, you know, as a senior at Boston College, as I was looking for that first job, I quickly found out that the alumni resources in the media communication space weren't as strong as, let's say, those in the business school, for example. There was no kind of structure to bring these people together. And so as soon as I graduated Boston College, I decided to create that structure myself and uh, created the group, the Boston College Media Alumni Network, which uh, to clarify, it's independent of BC. It's not sponsored or affiliated by BC. It's its own kind of independent group, but it connects over now 700 alumni from New York to LA working in everything from PR to film production, uh, communications, marketing, everything in between. And you know, in terms of the story of the group and how it formed, it started out as just kind of like a private LinkedIn group that was me and a couple friends, all of us kind of looking for jobs and saying, how can we pull some alumni back in to have some kind of career conversations and not just for our benefit, but for their benefit as well. I mean, the alumni were also not talking to each other. And I can't tell you, you know, how many different people I met who are, you know, executives at media companies who didn't know that, oh, you know, the head of studios at BuzzFeed is a BC person. The guy who runs creative at Condé Nast is a, is a BC person. And these people all don't know each other either. And so it was a really great opportunity for me to say, okay, let me fill this niche that clearly needs to be filled, right? People need to be connected in this industry who are BC alumni. 
and provide the opportunity for students to connect with alumni, alumni to connect with alumni, and have those really um, much needed discussions. And it's funny because when I was reaching out to people, they were kind of surprised because usually when they hear from BC, maybe it's because they're invited to some you know football game watch or they're being asked for their annual fund donation. So when they heard like, oh, we're connecting people in media comms, they were kind of like, finally. And, and I can't tell you how many people I talked to that were like, Chris, this is something we really, really need. And you know, I'm here, I'm invested in this group. Anything that I can do for you to help benefit you, the students, other alumni, you know, please let me know. And the group kind of took on a, a life of its own. And it's, uh, I think it's right now the most successful it's, it's been uh, since I created it last year. It's amazing. And it's, you know, I started to name some of the people at the beginning that have been on it. And there's so many more that, just have offered such a broad range of perspective as well. It's not just like you're doing the same type of section of media. So you, you really run the gamut, which is cool and um, touching on diversity and you know what it's like to, uh, I think one of your pieces was a reporter, um, a person of color, she was talking about what it's like to report Black Lives Matter during this time, incredible pieces. So, um, I guess, you know, one of the questions offshoot from that is a lot of young professionals wonder what the rules of the engagement are on networking, especially on LinkedIn. So do you, when you reach out cold to someone, someone you don't know, as you did to me last summer, do you have any advice about what seems to work, how to kind of conduct that cold reach out? Absolutely. I think the number one rule in networking is you have to figure out who are these people that are going to most likely actually connect with you, respond to your message and take the call. And for me, obviously my strategy was starting with BC alumni because we have such a strong affinity for the school. And I think compared to other schools, are, are much willing to much more willing to help each other out. But this advice goes to anybody with any alma mater or university is start with those people. And when you hit connect on LinkedIn, don't just hit connect. They give you an option and include a message that's like 100 characters or something like that. Use that opportunity to best position yourself and kind of like not sell yourself, but pitch yourself to them as to why they should have a conversation with you, why they're the right person to have a conversation with you, why maybe you could be beneficial to them. So obviously my recipe to success was I was building this alumni group. So in my messages, I was saying, Hey, you know, I'd love to invite you to join this group and see how it can be beneficial to you. And that got me in the door to have a lot of conversations with people. I think I otherwise wouldn't have had the opportunity to have conversations with. So one thing that I ask people is if there's anything that you can create yourself or any value that you can demonstrate as early on into the relationship, maybe it's you write for the alumni magazine and you think they would be you know, good for a spotlight, or maybe there's somebody else you think they should be connected to anything like that you can do is always really helpful. But even if you can't do that. I recognize that, you know, a lot of people aren't in that position. Um, you know, saying that you're, you, you went to the same alma mater, I, I think in, in the first message and really explaining to them why they're the right person for you. So if they're a TV producer, let's just say making it up, you know, say that you have a passion for TV production and you've happened to work at, you know, the local TV news station and you, you just want 15 minutes of, of their time to, to connect and send that. I think that's really the best thing you could do. And I find that people are kind of hesitant to do that. Uh, but really what I tell them is the worst thing that ever happens is they don't respond. And at that point, it's exactly. like, okay, <laughs> move on to the next person. There's hundreds of people out there that might be willing to connect with you. And those people that actually take your call are really valuable. And those are the people that you should definitely keep uh, in your circle. You know, some of this seems obvious when you've been doing it and so successful at it like you have, but it's not that obvious to some people. They get nervous and um, I think you're right. You, you know, no harm, no foul. You know, you send out 20 and maybe one or two people 
uh, reply, that's okay. Quantity that you throw out, but it's the quality that you get back. So if you only get one person back, that one person could be the person that has the best suggestions and advice. They're connected to someone. So, um, you know, and be appreciative, I think is something I always tell people, make sure you really say thank you. And, um, and then you, then the door is open with them. And then you have the opportunity on LinkedIn to actually send them, you know, a little bit more of a message and you can send your resume and give them the opportunity to look at your profile and, and know who you are. So, um, it's great. It's great advice. So, so fast forwarding a bit in your career, um, I think earlier this year you had moved into a role in public relations and then not soon after that, we had the infamous pandemic hit the, hit the world. Yep. Not a lot of people quit their job during the pandemic. They were, so do you want to talk a little bit about that? And, you know, what did you learn from that and, you know, how that decision allowed you maybe to focus more on the BC Media Alumni Network? You want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. You know, I think to quit your job during a global pandemic, I think is a very interesting decision, but one that I ultimately don't regret. I think it was really the best thing for me uh, at the time. And it's really allowed me to realign and rethink what, what do I want to do with my life? Or at least what do I want my next step to be? And prior to that, I just didn't have the time or the energy, the ability to do it. And so kind of hitting that reset button um, was good for me. But I also have to recognize, by the way, that not everybody's in that same situation that I'm in. They can't just quit their job because they have rent to pay, they have financial needs. And I'm lucky enough that my parents will kind of take me back home for, for a couple months while I kind of figure out those next steps. So I just want to say that, that I, I have kind of a, a certain privilege that I know other people don't have. But in this time, uh, you know, what I recognized was, you know, maybe PR wasn't really the industry that I would excel and it wasn't the best fit for me, but there were certain aspects of the job that I did like, you know, I liked kind of having that small team where I got to see my impact. I liked kind of having a hand in a lot of different things. And so for every job that maybe I haven't necessarily loved or hasn't been the best fit for me, while I've identified the things that I don't like, I've also identified the things that I do like. And now when I'm looking at jobs, I feel like I have a new sense and I have a new lens on, okay, now when I read a description, for a job, I know exactly what this means and what they're looking for and what I would actually be good at in this position. So um, having that real world experience is something that's really important. And no matter how long or short you're at a job, I think all the experience is, is valuable and it really helps you. It's great. Um, it's in, great. In your next steps. And I would think that, you know, back to the wonderful conversations that you've, um, you know, put together for everyone to listen to, I'm guessing you've personally learned a ton through the events and conversations that you've put together because of the BC Media Alumni Network. So, you know, how has, have, have any of those conversations really impacted you or any of those people or those relationships that you've developed and has it changed or informed how you've approached your job search? Absolutely. I've had uh, formed so many great relationships with BC alumni that have become like mentors to me and have given me some of the best advice. I think I, two pieces of advice that stand out to me. One is from uh, Joe Sabia. Joe Sabia is the currently the SVP of creative development for Condé Nast, but he's also responsible for half of the web's viral content. He's done, he's the voice and creator of uh, Vogue 73 Questions. He's uh, created all these viral video series for Vanity Fair and Bon Appetit and uh, uh, all these different uh, magazine verticals and really bringing their their um, pr presence alive uh, on online through video. So one of his pieces of advice that he gave to me was just create. 
you know, one thing he says is people, especially young people, are so focused on what's the right shot or am I doing this right or do I have the right technology? His advice is just start creating, start putting things out there. So if you want to be a documentarian, film with your iPhone, edit together on iMovie, just start putting stuff out there because good storytellers are good storytellers and you could teach yourself these things over time, but don't wait because you feel like you don't have all the right things. And I, t I took that and applied it to my BC Media Alumni Network group where when I started this, I didn't know how the heck to, to use Zoom, yep. but I kind of learned, <laughs> learned on the job, figured it out. Um, I didn't have guests lined up all summer. I made this big promise of I'm going to have all these big people on and I had two people lined up. And I said to myself, I have to find more people. And some people reach out to me. I reach out to other people. And, and so you just have to put yourself out there. So I think that kind of advice of just create was, was really valuable for me and, and just creating things for your own if you can and how that sets you apart is really valuable. The second piece of advice that I really like is from Terry Trespicio, who's also a BC alum, who has a, a TED Talk, big TED Talk, over like 6 million views on YouTube mm -hmm. called Stop Searching for Your Passion. And what Terry says is that passion is a feeling and feelings change. And if, you, if you're spending all this time saying, what's my passion? What's that one thing that I really need to do and spend the rest of my life doing? You're not just doing and you're not just figuring things out as you, as you do them. So because of that advice I've received from her, instead of being like, what is this next industry that I have to be in or what do I have to do? I said, I have the ability right now to really focus on this group and bring people together and learn from people. And, and create, let me use this opportunity to do that. And that next thing, it will come to me. Like I'm of course looking at job opportunities, but I truly believe opportunities will come to you. And funny enough, as I've been putting on these weekly webinars, creating social media content for them, editing things and putting them on YouTube, really doing the whole soup to nuts of producing a weekly show and, and doing kind of people connecting. Now I've had BC alumni reach out to me saying, Chris, can you do this for me? They're like, I want a web show, I want a podcast. I need social media marketing strategy. Your graphics are incredible. How do you do that, right? And they're saying, Chris, I want to hire you. So what's happened is I've created this, these kind of inbound opportunities where just by putting myself out there, creating things, people are coming to me and saying, I want you to help create for me. And six months ago, did I think I would now have, you know, clients and be sort of like a consultant at turning 23 in two weeks? No, but I think I'm going after the opportunity that makes sense for me right now during this time. And working with interesting people, creative people, and just creating, I think, will open great doors for me uh, in the future as well. Awesome. It's such a great story, and I love it. And I think anybody listening needs to think also, if they say to themselves, well, I don't have that ability to create. You know, I don't have the uh, ability that, that Chris has to produce something. And I think we all have to remember that being creative doesn't necessarily mean being able to draw and create. It can be writing a story. Maybe you like to write. And maybe, you know, I love the way publishing has moved today that it doesn't, people can speak in their real voice. And it's still a very interesting piece. We're not as stuck on things being perfectly, I mean, I'm a big grammar fan, but I think that it can be real. You know, people like to, to read raw, real. And so maybe it's producing or, or creating a piece of content like an article that you publish on your social media or you put it on LinkedIn. Maybe it's a reflection on COVID and tough times and losing your job or being furloughed. Or maybe you create um, something in your community that is you deliver groceries or, or some little service to 
elderly or senior citizens or, um, or someone that's handicapped. I, it could be so many things, but I think the notion of create something is, especially during this time when people maybe lost their internship or their internship is only a few hours a week and you know, they've, they've, they've got it, they're trying to make an income and they, they're looking for just an ice cream scoop, any job to get some money in the door, but also just continuing to create, as you say. So I don't know if that makes sense the way I said it, but I, I think it's important for people to hear that it's not just, totally. I think we hear the word creative. Oh, I'm not creative, people say. Right. I can't use Adobe. I don't know Photoshop. I can't create, but you really can create in your own way. And I would argue that's your biggest strength on your resume. Like, you know, at my last job, not that I've had much uh, managing experience necessarily, but I had to hire interns, right? And so I interviewed a group of interns and the ones that stood out to me were the ones that had created something. There was one that had an Instagram account that, you know, reviewed books that had over 30,000 followers and she had a YouTube channel. I was yeah. like, this is incredible. She's putting herself out there and actually making things. And I think that's people's biggest strength as they look for their next job. And I, I, I think you would agree is instead of just being somewhere and existing, and right, collecting the paycheck. And what is something that you care about that you're just putting out there that you're just doing and, 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 and showing your best work in that way? I think that's something that really differentiates people and sets them apart and makes them a really great candidate for a job. Yeah, and you know what? This day and age with YouTube and other places, you can learn and self-teach things, self be self-taught as you did with production. Um, we talked about, and to be honest, this podcast is an example of me um, taking a leap and creating something because I was also a communications major at Boston College and I always had um, an interest in production and creating things that way. And so this has always kind of fascinated me. And, you know, I'm, I'm teaching myself how to do this and I'll be very honest with everyone to say that. But so my, you know, you've given some great advice. Um, my last question is, I always love to ask if anybody has a weird or a most challenging or a funny kind of interview question or interview story, maybe when you were interviewing or somebody you interviewed, do you have anything along those lines? I'm trying to think. I mean, I feel like a lot of my interviews have been very straightforward. Actually, one example I'll give is when I was interviewing for like a social media position, they were asking for like, what's what's not that this is very weird, but they were asking for like, you know, what's one thing that you've created or, or they were saying like, what's one thing that you can create for us. That's like very different from what we have. Like, not that this is a weird interview question, but what I'll say about it is like, they're looking for people that are inventive and that can do something different and make some sort of, of change and, and come to the table with ideas, I think. And mm -hmm. so being able to demonstrate that on, sometimes on the fly in an interview is something that you have to be able to do. And I'm, I don't remember what my answer was. I'm sure it was very creative and off the top of my head. <laughs> and I don't know if it was good. But uh, yeah, being prepared to, to kind of answer those kinds of questions of like, what's something new or different, you know, an idea that you have that you can implement here? Yeah is something to be kind of prepared for. It's all good, it's all good. Chris, thank you so much, this is incredible. Um, you know, you. I love hearing about your background and just, you know, the real uh, kind of ins and outs that you've been through and I wish you all the luck with your job search and BC Media Alumni Network.
Thank you, Karen. And, and one thing I want to say, it's been so great to meet you and you've been so helpful to me and Elise has been so helpful. And, you know, I think what you're both doing with launch right now is, is something that's really needed. I mean, the fact that you're also catering particularly to young professionals, it's something my community really needs right now. And you're really providing that value. So, so thank you for, for your work and what you're doing. And I hope that this episode and this podcast, um, help shed some light for people and, and, and gives them some, some useful tips and advice as they, as they go for their next thing. And, you know, my, my kind of final word is nobody has it all figured out. And it's something it's taken me a while to learn. I've only really learned that very recently is nobody has it all figured out. We're in an unprecedented time right now. So you just need to do what's best for you at this time, whatever that means, go with your gut and do what's best for you. And I think new doors and new opportunities will come your way. If you're just kind of stay true to yourself, I think. It's great. It's great. I love it. So there you have it. Create something. Have a story to tell. When you're networking, be prepared to demonstrate the value that you bring to the table. That's what Chris did, and that's what you can do. And that's what we do as career coaches at Launch. We work with you to dig in and find your story, because everyone has one. And if it doesn't feel strong enough, then we help guide you on how to build your experiences. Career search is a process, one that takes practice and guidance. I hope today's podcast helped give you some ideas and motivation in your job search or how you're managing your career. By the way, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating and a review. Reviews are key to helping spread the word about Top of the Pile so it can reach other young professionals or anyone looking for advice on how to up their career game. Thanks for listening. I hope you have or are having an awesome week. I hope to connect with you next week on Top of the Pile.